we've never seen before. You've done the impossible. is silent on that we have to, as Christians, pull out an understanding and understand what the Bible says about it and understand what God's thoughts are toward it. Um, Because God does have an opinion, I believe, on our life and the things that we do. And he's our creator, so he knows better than we do. So we we have to pull some things out of um, the Bible and pull out like I like to say, principles to apply. Because there is this notion, if you read the book of Romans, where the Apostle Paul says you're not under the law but under grace. Now, what does that mean? Does it mean you are lawless, that, you, that there's nothing that you could murder somebody because you're not under the law? No, that's not what it means. It just means that there is a, grace is a higher standard so that you don't have to have a regulation for everything because you have a relationship of grace with God and you understand, I want to please God. So if you try to follow the rules, you will be lost because you will get twisted in your mind and you will be breaking a rule that you don't know and think that you're good. But if you pursue after God and a relationship with him and are filled with his spirit, then God begins to work in your life and you're not under the law, but you're under grace and you're actually able to live a more righteous life by pursuing a relationship with God instead of following the letter of the law. That's why he says the law killeth and the spirit giveth life. Because if you try to follow the rules, you can find a loophole. And so you'll be doing something that destroys your life that you don't really know that you're doing. And you may not, it's not necessarily a sin, but it's like leading you down this path that you don't really know. So God says, just follow me and I'm going to help you and I'm going to instill principles and I'm going to lead you. So I've got a two-pronged approach today to talking about tobacco use and marijuana because those are the two most uh, substances that are smoked and so we're going to we're going to talk about smoking today so and I, and and I just want you to know because whether or not you have ever tried it or have done it, you know people that have you know people that do and so I, I want to just uh, have a, a approach so that you know what the Bible says and so that you can think about it with me now. Um, we're, you're just going to have to listen because our computer's not working today, so just listen very closely. The first one, the first approach is one that I've heard before, and to me, in my mind, it is, I think it's true, I think it applies, but it is the weakest of the approaches. And so I'm going to start with that one, and I do think it applies. I do think that you can get there from this verse, but I think it is uh, a little bit more weak and maybe up for debate. But then the second one, I think, is where I can really challenge you uh, and really hit the point home as to make the case of why smoking is not what God has for your life. So 1 Corinthians uh, chapter number 3 uh, and verses 16 and 17 says, Know you not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. And so that, that verse right there gives us the principle of respecting and honoring your body. 
not worshiping your body, but respecting and honoring it like the place where God dwells because you are filled with the Spirit. And before the Holy Ghost was poured out, the Spirit of God only dwelt in the temple in Jerusalem. That's the only place God's Spirit manifested on earth. But now it manifests in your body, in your, and so God created you to be you, and so that's why we don't, uh, and this is a whole different lesson, but we don't go into the whole body modification thing. We don't think that you should uh, modify your body to an extreme. So extreme uh, kind of piercings or, or uh, cosmetic surgeries or hair colors or things that just completely distort who God made you to be. So, But that's a whole different lesson. So people use that verse, and I think it's fine to use it to not to defile your body, not to worship your body, but you need to strive for good health. And so certainly suicide or cutting or things like that, that's dishonoring the body, and it's, it's not letting God have control of your body. So and people, and it sounds crazy, and maybe some of you know more about this than I do, but there is a there are people that punish their bodies on purpose because of such you know, deep emotional issues and scars, and God wants to set you free from all of that. So that's the first prong is that because when you smoke something, it's just natural. People die all the time of smoke inhalation. Typically when people die in a house fire, it's not because their bodies burn up. They die of suffocation because smoke is not meant to be ingested into your lungs. It's not meant to be, it's not something that is natural for smoke to come into your lungs. So it, it, and of course, when I was in first and second grade, we did the smoke busters thing and they showed you the smoker's lung and the non-smoker's lung and the, the smoker's lung was black and the non-smoker's lung was pink and all of this stuff. So of course, bringing in smoke to your body just kind of distorts what the health that God gave you and you need to be careful with that. So that, that's the first prong, and, and I, think it's, I think you can get there for that. I think it's, it's just wise, and that's, and that's why, um, and even in our country, people recognize the dangers of that, and that's why there's warnings on all cigarettes, and that's why there's uh, even um, you know, school programs to get kids to stop smoking, and you can't advertise on TV if you're a cigarette company and all that. So smoking has declined in this country because of that. But then, of course, vaping has come along, and so they say, well, that takes away the harmless, uh, that, that's harmless because it's water vapor and not smoke. So that's more natural and that's better for you. So then, the, you know, so if you just rested on this first prong, you could say, okay, well, um, then th- this, this is harmless, which now we know uh, they're thinking about outlawing that because people are dying, so it's not really harmless because they don't really understand all that it does to you. But for a while, they thought, okay, it's harmless, and so... That's like, aha, we, we found a way around it. So that's if you're trying to live by the law, you could say, well, okay, I can, I, I can honor this verse and still smoke because it's delivered by water vapor, and, and so I'm okay, and so I'm cool. And you see, so that's why the, the law killeth. So if I just you said like a law, you, you would just say, okay, I can get around this, but then something comes into your life that you don't really understand that's there, and it, it pulls you down a path you don't want to go. So I, and that's why I'm not, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lay down a law. Because the law killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So the second prong approach, I think, can be found in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 1. And I want to I take you on a little bit of a word study. I wish I had the screen, but you're just going to have to listen. Take you on a little word study that I did. Um, 2 Timothy, chapter number 1, verse number 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of a sound mind. 
a sound mind. This is the second prong that I, I want to talk to you about because this is the more powerful approach for where you are as Christian young people. A sound mind. What does it mean to have a sound mind? So I, how many of you use Blue Letter Bible? That's a, that's a great Bible app. If you don't use it, uh, I would suggest using it. But I just went to that verse. I clicked, on, I clicked on the word sound mind, and it pulled up the Greek word, which I'm not going to read to you because it's meaningless to us. It's, it's gibberish to us. But I, I looked up that word, and it comes from another word. And so a root word, I may know about root words. Just in English, right? If you it can add prefixes and suffixes, there's a root word, and so it, it comes. It's it's it has a prefix and a suffix. I think in some kind in the Greek structure. I'm not really that familiar, but it's there is another word that it comes from, and it's translated in the Bible: "Teach to be sober." It comes in the book of Titus when they're instructing that the older women should teach the younger women to be sober. To, be, to have a clear thinking is what sober means. To have a clear thinking, to, to be clear. And so I thought that's interesting, but then there was yet another root word that's the very base root word. So you were just breaking it down to smaller and smaller words. And that third word is translated three times in the Bible, also in the book of Titus. And it's sober, temperate, and discreet. So it has an element of self-control. So this word that the, the, that the Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God has given you the power of a sound mind. He desires for you to have a sound mind. One that is not bound, addicted, but one that is that has the ability to be temperate, discreet, control itself. One that is not driven by addiction. That is what a sound mind means. It does not mean that God will keep you from being um, insane all your life. It means that he's given you the power of self-control. He's given you the power not to be brought under this addiction of something. So I thought, well, what then does uh, nicotine do to the brain? What does nicotine do to the brain? Because that's the issue. Because if, if, if it's not smoke, that's the problem. If this really could be a safe delivery form, then what does nicotine do to the brain. So I did a research, and then I was uh, the National Institute of Addiction S Substances or something. It's a, uh, letters. It's a .gov website. It talked about there was a there was a thing titled "Legal Doesn't Mean Safe," and it talked about this chemical acetylchlorine or something like that, and it is. Something that the fires between neurons in your brain. So I'm going to take you to science class just for one second. Okay, I'm all grown. It, it fires in your brain. It goes between the neurons. 
and your brain needs it for mental function. Now, the nicotine that gets into your bloodstream, it masks itself as this chemical. And so it floods the brain with these neurons that are firing. It floods the neurons with these chemicals. And so the brain thinks, I have too much acetylchlorine, so I'm going to remove some receptors from it. And so when the receptors are removed, then the brain says, I don't need as much, so it stops producing acetylchlorine because the nicotine is a synthetic form of it. And so when you try to quit, your brain screams at you that something's wrong and that you've got to get that nicotine back in your system. So it literally won't let you quit because your brain It feels like a natural phenomenon that I need this. Just like your body doesn't naturally want to go without food, your hunger will come to you because it's something necessary for you to live. So nicotine makes you feel like it is necessary for your life to live. It changes the chemistry of your brain and brings you under power of it. Which does not sound like a sound mind To me, it sounds like you have been brought under power of something that is not God. That you are told that you need this thing to live. So it's addictive substance violates what the Spirit wants to do in your life by setting you free and giving you power over it. Which is why the law killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. So if you're trying to follow the law, you could find a loophole around it to get a hold of this addictive substance in your life. But the Spirit is calling you to be not under its power. To be not under its influence on your life. Because there is nothing that you partake of that if you pull it away from your life, you should scream out against it. That's not what God has designed for your life. I'm not talking about I'm not talking to young people that barely want to make it to heaven. I'm talking to young people that want to live in the power of the spirit. The, the, the law killeth and the spirit giveth life. So if you're trying to follow the letter of the law and barely squeak into heaven and barely be saved, you're not going to make it. You're going, you're, but I'm not talking to young people like that. I'm here reaching for the young people that have a desire to live for God. And let me tell you that you do not need a regulation against it. Although I think it could be proven from Scripture. But let me just tell you that there's something about this that brings you under subjection. And so God doesn't want that for your life. He has not given you that spirit. He's given you the spirit of a sound mind. So I believe that everybody that gets the Holy Ghost, that God begins to deal with, gets victory over smoking. Victory over tobacco. And we've seen testimonies of that, of people that God delivered from that, because that's what the Spirit does. It gives you a sound mind. So, that's the, that's the second prong approach. is not just following the letter of the law, but being who God's called you to be and not coming under the power of any addictive 
substance. No matter if it's quote-unquote safe, you just don't need to change the chemistry of your brain to be under an addictive substance. Now, let me just say that this applies to really anything in your life. So this, this is where it gets a little sticky. It applies to anything in your life that you are addicted to. So social media, and I, I, let me just challenge myself, caffeine, I fast coffee every so often to prove to myself that I can do it, to make sure that I'm not dependent upon something and it's not changing the chemistry of my brain that I cannot function to live. Because it's the same principle, I will not be brought under the power of anything. This is the, not the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Because I don't want to be brought under the power of anything because I want a sound mind. I don't want to be controlled by anything because I want to be able to go anywhere and to do anything that God has called me to do. I don't want to have to slip out during church for a smoke break because I am so powerless because my brain has been rewired by a... a artificial substance that has changed the chemistry of my brain to where I can't even do the will of God because I am nervous and fidgety and worried that I won't be able to get my fix, which is why when people quit smoking, they go through withdrawals just like a drug and they shake and they get irritable and they lose weight and they cannot function in society until they get that fix of nicotine in their life. That does not sound like a sound mind from what the Bible describes as a sound mind of not being brought under the power of anything so that you can do the will of God, so that you can go anywhere and be anywhere where God has called you to be because I do not want an unnatural substance to dictate what I do and where I go. So now we're going to move on to the second thing that people smoke, and that is marijuana and the brain. And I'm not going to go into it real in depth because we do know that the THC that is the active ingredient in marijuana, is highly addictive, much the same way that nicotine is. It does give you a calm, but then as you come down, it, it it's, makes you want it again. And there's this thing in the brain, and I know that you probably have heard this word before. It's called dopamine. And it is what rewards behavior that makes you happy, which is why you can do things that you like, and that it, give, it makes you happy. And so it wants, it rewards you for things that you like to do. And so it's built right into your brain. So if your brain gets rewired to think that you need this substance and then it makes you happy and the dop dopamine kick that you get from a THC actually makes it last longer, more than just like something fun, it makes it last artificially longer so then you think you need it more so it's harder to stop. Once again, this same approach can you brought under the power of something. And it, it, even if it was illegal, which it's becoming that way across our country, it would be the same principle. So this is why it's not about the letter of the law. Well, now it's legal. Now we can do it. Now we as Christians can do it because there's no harm in having a bad reputation or getting arrested or all of that stuff. Uh, so then it's fine. No, because it's, it's not the letter of the law that we're talking about. It's the spirit of I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That means I'm available to God to do something for Him, to do the work of the kingdom. But marijuana begins to change the chemistry of your brain. And here, I'm just going to give you one factoid from that same website. And it was so, it struck my heart so strong. Because there's one study, it said specifically one study found that young people 
who used marijuana before the age of 17 had significantly lower verbal IQs or the ability to think with words and process verbal information than both people who began at an older age and people who never used it at all. And I immediately thought of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That substance literally robs you of the ability to answer this commandment. Be ready always. I'm not talking to young people that are trying to barely scrape by. And I'm not laying down laws to say if you do this, you'll go to hell. Or you you won't be saved. But I can tell you that if you try to follow the letter of the law, you will fail with God. But if you say, God, I want to honor you. I want to give you glory. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my life. I want to be ready always to give an answer to every man. I'm not talking to young people that just want to just scrape by because you're not going to make it anyway. You're going to, you're going to end up violating one of the severe commandments that God says is an abomination to me. So these little fringe commandments become a mute point. You, 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 can't, you can't flirt around with cigarettes and marijuana and then just and keep yourself above fornication, which God is very clear on, and nobody is going to even argue with that. The Bible is so, you're not going to be able to just barely squeak by by the letter of the law and then make everything right in your life. So whatever you come to me with and say, Brother Jared, could we do this? Technically, could we do that? And you work that angle, I'm going to say, look, you, you could try to live by the letter of the law, but it's going to kill you because eventually you're going to vi- violate one of the Ten Commandments. And then that's just, you know, you violated one of the Ten Commandments. What do you expect? You're lost. The law killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You say, no, I want to do what pleases God. I want to be ready always. I don't want to be, I don't want to be strung out and killing the, my brain so that I can no longer process words, so that I can't even stand and give my testimony because I, can't, I don't have the ability to speak the words that God wants me to say because I have brought myself under subjection to something that I cannot live without. That's a more, that's a more reasoned, more balanced, more strong approach. So when you see those things going on, and you think, well, maybe, maybe it's harmless. Maybe, maybe I could get away with it. You might could get away with it for a while. But I'm not, I'm not here to just make you feel guilty or lay down laws. I'm here to help you understand that God's called you guys to be something. He's called you to do something. And you do not want to be brought under the power of anything. This, this, this branches out into so many areas of sin. And I, I know I talk about, I, I'm trying to get you guys to live right. Not because I, I think you're terrible kids, but because I think God has something for you. And I don't want you to be brought under the power of anything. Because I want you to be at liberty to answer the call of God on your life. Because I know that's where blessing and fulfillment is. Don't be brought under the power of anything. But let your life be free to answer the call of God. Because that's the most blessed life. You can do it. You can change your school. You can change your family. God has a calling on your life. Don't allow yourself to be brought under the power of anything because of fear. 
that I, I, can't, I won't be able to fit in or I want to do this or I want to do that. People are so afraid to answer the call of God because of the difference that it brings about in your life. But if you just push that back in the power of the Holy Ghost and say that I am not going to be subject to the spirit of fear, but I'm going to have power and love and a sound mind in my life. You can do it. You can do great things. Don't be brought under the power of anything. Does that make sense? Because I want—I really wanted to teach this lesson. I know I get—I get passionate because I love you very much, and I, I don't want you to ever think that anything that I preach against is because I don't believe in you or because I think you're a bunch of bad kids. On the contrary, I think God could do endless things in your life and in this group. I believe in you. And, and I've been there where I've walked a road that took me down a path where I almost disqualified myself from the ministry. And I had to sit there and I had to battle with that. God, can I still answer your calling? And if that answer is no, that's a heavy weight to bear. It's not a good place to be. I'm thankful every day that I get to stand here and that I get to teach you and I get to preach and I get to be the youth pastor because I know how close I was to not being able to do it. So I just want to help you. And when I saw that on that website, that is such a trap of the enemy. God wants to stifle you in your youth before the age of 17 and you get a hold of something before your brain is fully developed to understand risk. That's just the way the enemy works, gets you involved in something that lowers your IQ, that makes you uh, unable to give an answer to give an account, be unable to be a witness, unable to be a preacher, unable to be an evangelist, unable to testify and tell people of the goodness of God before you ever have the power to really understand, before you're even legally an adult. The enemy would love to do that and cripple who you are before you ever get off the ground. And I just don't want the enemy to be able to do that in your life. I want you to understand that God has given you the power of a sound mind. He's given you the power of liberty to not be brought under that at all. Anybody have any questions about this topic? Because I want to answer them. If there is something, because maybe there's something new, new product out there that I don't know about, that you're having questions about. But I believe that this principle is, what is it doing? This has been an episode of Axiom Youth Student Ministries. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you've enjoyed and we hope you'll come back for the next one. Thank you for tuning in.